1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group alongside Phil Paleologos. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. Thank you, everybody. Good Sunday morning. What a beautiful day to uh, take care of your family, to take care of your finances, and to have the wisdom of Ray and Peter Lance, our Money Wise guys here. Oh, I didn't mean to say money wise, guys. I meant to say the money. Yes, <laughs> <Guess> you did. <laughs> Do you, you want to be known as the money wise guys? <laughs> well, on occasion, sure. <laughs> what are you, a wise guy? <laughs> that was good. That was the most wonderful introduction I've had so far in the radio, Phil. <laughs> the money wise guys. Uh, the money wise guys. <laughs> the, the Three Stooges. <laughs> So just a little spacing in there. It would be the money-wise guys. <laughs> oh, wow, what a pregnant pause means in some cases. Great to be with you. Always is. And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good Sunday morning. Welcome to Money Wise, brought to you by the Money Guys. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, Phil. Good morning, good morning everyone. <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening Today we're going to talk about our new president-elect, Donald J. Trump, and we're going to be talking about what might we expect in the economy going forward. The short answer is nobody knows, but a lot of people are speculating and they have some interesting ideas. And we're also going to be talking about some of the things that you should do no matter which way the economy goes. So I'd like to start actually this morning, Phil, by explaining that this is not a political discussion. Right. Financial. It's a financial discussion. Sure. And that's what our interest is. It really doesn't matter who you voted for. Right. The election is over. Mm-hmm. Whether you voted for Mr. Trump or whether you voted for uh, Mrs. Clinton or whether you voted for one of the other candidates, it really doesn't matter who you voted for. I wrote you in, Phil. <gasps> Thank you. You're the third person who said that. Didn't work, did it? (laughs) But the main point is it really doesn't matter who you voted for. The election is over. We have to come together as Americans. And just a sort of a little editorial comment, although I respect anybody's right to speak and to demonstrate and so forth, um, I think that some of that energy might better have been spent in working for the candidate of your choice instead of demonstrating against a president-elect afterwards. Um, Free speech is protected in this country. Obviously, I respect that. But there's also a time when we need to come back together again as a country and say, all right, for better, for worse, whether you voted for this person, didn't vote for this person, uh, Mr. Trump is the Mm president-elect, and as a nation... We need to get behind him and support him, and let's make our country strong. And that's a very good message, and I've heard that from a, a number of especially uh, national uh, radio hosts who, uh, whether they voted for Trump or whether they voted for Clinton, they have said, listen, he is our president-elect. We have to get behind him, and even those who voted for uh, Hillary uh, are you know, strong enough and smart enough to say, okay, well... It didn't work out the way that I wanted, but this person is now going to be our president. We have to get behind him and uh, hope that he proves 
me wrong, and that's not me saying that. That's a, a national radio show host who uh, did not vote for him, but now says, I hope that he becomes the best president we've ever had, and he proves me wrong. Who is that person, Pete? I, I've made no... Uh, uh, I, I've not hidden the fact that I've listened to Howard Stern for 20-something years now. So that was Howard Stern that said that? Yep, he voted for Hillary, but he went on a very long uh, rant about the protests and saying that... Uh, you know, now it's time to get behind uh, the president-elect and hope that he becomes a very good president and proves the, the Hillary supporters wrong. Who's better, uh, Stern or Imus? I am not a fan of Imus. All right. I think he's a, a blowhard. But Remember, they used to have uh, these push-pull fights all the time for ratings. I used to like Don Imus. I used to listen to him a lot. But then when he was also being televised and I saw how little energy he had behind the scenes. I thought, oh, this is what Don Imus looks like. Well, he's also a cowboy. And I'm, I'm off with Deirdre at the ranch and slamming my papers on the desk. He's pretty good. You know that? He is good. He, he is. good. is. No, I, I like him and used to listen to him um, a lot. But, Phil, I have to say that if anybody could see you on television behind the microphone... They would be amazed because you are such a distinguished-looking gentleman. <laughs> Never in the seat. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> like a Mexican jumping bean, huh? So I have to give some further little um, explanation. And this is not an apology, ladies and gentlemen. But, you know, when you're popular, when you're in the press, when you've been elected president, there's a lot of things that you've said in your history. So there are lots and lots and lots of quotations so I decided today it would be interesting to have some quotations not only from Donald Trump, but also from Mark Twain. Now, Mark Twain was ahead of his time. I mean, he lived more than 100 years ago. And he said some amazing things about politics in general because he had a healthy disregard for uh, politics. And when I read some of the Twain quotations, some of them are so applicable today. So please... Understand that I'm not making fun of Donald Trump. Uh, if anything, I'm making fun of politicians and government in general. So are we ready? Ready. Here's our first quotation from Mark Twain. All you need in this life is ignorance and confidence, and then success is sure. <laughs> but that could apply to a lot of people too, couldn't it, Peter? Yeah, obviously. Mark Twain also said, go to heaven for the climate, hell for the company. <laughs> And then one more quotation specifically about government, because I think it's helpful, Mark Twain. Loyalty to the nation all the time. Loyalty to the government when it deserves it. Mm. That's really what we're talking about today, isn't it? Yep. We have to support our country and be loyal to our country. Um, and now that the election is over, we have to support our country. And um, hopefully our government will follow suit. So let's talk about... The fact that we have a president-elect who is not yet president, but um, everybody will now have important things to say. Uh, there's major news that is occurring every single day right now, including all the unusual security things they have to do at Trump Tower because there are so many businesses and residents that live there and operate there. And uh, there are many, many issues. and Things are constantly coming out in the news and we'll expect that for the next 120 days. Then we'll have an inauguration, 
and then we'll move forward with a new president. It's only going to be about 45, 50 days, no? Um, what did I say, 100 120? days? 120. It's, it's uh, what is it, January 6th, January 12th, something like that? Yes, it's, it's uh, like the third week in January. Um, I was actually thinking of something else when I said that, Peter. I was thinking about uh, his first 100 days in office and what kinds of things might he be doing. And our focus today is we want to talk about some of the things that everybody listening might need to think about to protect themselves. So let's begin by talking just generally about what's happening in the stock market. The stock market has reached new record highs, and it was actually doing that in the run-up to the election and right after the election. Uh, People were forecasting before the presidential election that there might be a big drop in the market. Um, The market was concerned because... Remember, the stock market doesn't reflect the sentiments of the nation or the population. It reflects what investors are thinking is going to happen, and they're trying to forecast whether they're going to make money or lose money. But nevertheless, the stock market investors, at least, uh, the people who are in, involved in that business, they're not apparently as concerned that you know we're, we're heading for troubled waters. Um, so the stock market is relatively stable. Except that we still don't have a really strong economy in so many, many ways. Uh, As an example, let's assume you have a pension. Now, for most people in Massachusetts, although we have a pension deficit in our pension accounts and government pension accounts, we're not as bad off as some other states. So um, right now, because we still have low interest rates in the country um, and the central bank rates are, you know, near zero. Um, The returns on the pension funds, the investment returns, have been very poor. And so all around the country, there are pension funds that are in deep trouble and may not be able to continue paying their pensions or may have to reduce benefits. Um, And so one of the things that we tell folks about is that if you're retiring and you have an opportunity to take a lump sum pension payout, You might be better off to do that than to count on a pension being there for you sometime in the future, because it might be, and it might not be. And every case is is individual and unique. So if you're thinking about retiring, uh, first of all, make sure that you do get pension advice, Social Security advice. Um, You want to create an income plan, and I think having an income plan of some kind is the most important single thing that you can do, and um, we can help you do that. We have a very specific process for doing this. We start out with a budget. We want to see what your income sources are, what your expenses are. Are there ways that you can reduce your expenses? And then we want to say, all right, let's take a look at other assets that you might have. How are you going to survive in retirement? You know, should you do a reverse mortgage if you have equity in your house? Should you take a 401k and a 403b and roll it over into an IRA and... We always tell people to do that, don't we, Pete? Yeah, absolutely. And and what you first mentioned, the budget, that is huge, you know, very important thing and the first step to take. You need to understand clearly what you're taking in and what you're putting out every week, every month, every year. Uh, and then we can work with you from there and uh, show you what you can do with the remaining money if you have any left over or how we can try to make up for the gap if you are uh, suffering a shortfall. And so economically, interest rates are still low. They're still historically low. 
everybody in the country is now forecasting that in um, December, in just about a month from now, when the Federal Reserve meets, it is expected that interest rates are going to start to go up again. It doesn't mean huge things for anybody listening. It's more a sign of confidence that the Federal Reserve has that um, the economy might be getting better, employment might be getting better. And yet, you know, we continue to hear stories of companies laying off 10% of their employees. So let's watch interest rates. That's going to be really important. And normally we wouldn't expect interest rates to go up, say, a half a percent. They're very cautious in the Federal Reserve, and it might go up what's called 25 basis points, which is one quarter of 1%. Basis points, by the way, uh, 1% equals 100 basis points. So 75 basis points is three-quarters of 1%. So we're going to see, I expect, gradual increases in the interest rates, and that'll circle around the world, and other countries may start to do the same thing and think that, well, if the United States is going to start to raise their interest rates, maybe it's time for us to do it as well. And one of the things with Trump that we just don't know yet uh, is some of the things that he'd like to do to make jobs uh, strong again in America. And he wants to change some of the trade deals and, you know, have a strong American workforce again. He wants to stop some of these American companies from going and producing, you know, cars in uh, Mexico, for example. And uh, he wants to make... The, the workforce strong in America. Again, he also wants to pump a lot of money into infrastructure, which uh, would create a lot of jobs. But, you know, whether all of this is just talk, whether he actually gets any of this stuff passed is, uh, of course, yet to be seen. Every president wants to talk about change, and uh, but unfortunately, the federal government is a very slow-moving ship, and it takes a while to turn around. Yeah, and the same thing is true also, Pete, with interest rates. Just because we might see interest rates start to click up again, maybe they won't do it after that until the following month, or maybe they'll wait three months to see how the economy is responding. But it is a slow-moving operation. So if you have bank accounts or CDs, for example, and you're getting a half a percent interest or a quarter of a percent interest right now in your account, don't expect suddenly you're going to see... 1% interest rates or 1.5% interest rates. It takes a while for this to happen. No, exactly. And and that's one of the big th key things is if you have a large amount of your uh, liquid assets in a CD, in a money market, uh, just sitting there in a savings or checking account, uh, you really need to think about doing something different. We always like to keep have you keep a, uh, you know, a good safety net worth of liquid assets. But if all of your assets are in these basically no interest bearing accounts. Uh, you're not even keeping up with inflation, and you should consider doing something else with a portion of it. I'd like to remind everyone that you're listening to MoneyWise, brought to you by USA Wealth Group. We are located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in Dartmouth. Please visit our website at usawealthgroup.com or give us a call at 508-998-8858. If you'd like some information, we have so many reports and useful pieces of information we can share with you. You know, Phil, I think if I had to say one of the main motivators for us doing this show is we would like to see what we can do to help elevate the entire economic net worth of our community. Yeah, that's why I love being a part of it. 
We'd like to see everybody listening make more money, save more money, have a better retirement, have proper income during retirement, leave as much money as you can for your kids, and be safe about it. There are lots of safe strategies you can use to make money. You don't have to be involved in doing risky things. But, you know, truly, I get a lot of pleasure when I can sit down with somebody and show them how we can help them improve their finances. So that's our goal for you. We're going to sprinkle in a few quotations here and there about Mr. Trump. There's no statement. Um, he is going to be our new president. So in uh, on Facebook in 2013, Mr. Trump said, show me someone without an ego and I'll show you a loser. <laughs> Having a healthy ego or high opinion of yourself is a real positive in life. And he also said in way back in 1987, in my life there are two things I found I'm very good at overcoming obstacles and motivating good people to do their best work. Hmm. So taking a cue from that, we would like to motivate anybody listening today to improve your own life financially, and we'd like to help you in that process. Um, I've always told people there's always, always something we can do to help you make a positive financial difference in your life. Just give us a chance to sit down and we'll show you what you can do. There's always something you can tinker with or change. There's some quotes that, you know, I think that you have basically created over the years on this radio show, and that's one of them. There's always something you can do. Start now. Yeah. Don't lose the money. So that's just three of probably a half a dozen at least that I can think of. <laughs> a fool and his money are soon parted. You didn't come up with that one. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> Well, I'm going to give you some information that comes right off the Donald Trump's um, political website when they were running for office, some things that we might expect to see coming forward in the first 100 days. He's going to make a proposal to have a constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of Congress. And this is actually something I've talked about before on the radio. I think we ought to have term limits. I don't think having a, a politician... Uh, a political job should be a lifetime job, necessarily. Um, I'm not sure what that would be. It would be tough to get it through Congress in the first place because right. they're all self-interest, all self-interested. But, you know, maybe a representative, a congressman ought to have four-term limit. That's eight years. Maybe a United States senator ought to have a two-term limit. Mm -hmm. That's 12 years. Um Absolutely. That, that might be helpful. <laughs> but I've always advocated that. I've always thought that would be a good idea. Um, Mr. Trump also said that he was going to impose a hiring freeze on all federal employees and reduce the federal workforce through attrition. Except for um, those, uh, except for military and, uh, you know, law enforcement. And public safety and public, public safety. Health. And I think that makes sense. I mean, anybody listening, unless you happen to be working for the federal government, knows that we have... Too many federal programs, too many uh, federal employees, and um, it's our number one industry in this country is probably government. Yeah, sure. And, and a lot of it goes to waste, not necessarily employees, but a lot of what the government spends money on is just outlandish, and they don't care what they pay for it. Just take the properties alone of what the government owes, mm -hmm. uh, owns. Right. It's uh, really uh, you know, beyond the pale. Well, so not necessarily because of um, President-elect Trump, um, but we are expecting to see interest rates start to slowly increase. 
but it would take a long time. It would take years and years before interest rates come back perhaps to what inflation is. Now, very interestingly, the um, 10-year Treasury rate has reached 2% for the first time in, oh, I don't know, probably a decade. And that's a positive sign for the economy going forward. But what do you do in the meantime if you have money sitting in a bank, for example, and you're making nothing? Well, we like to say that it's good to keep some funds in the bank. Yes, you want to have liquid funds, immediate funds if you have an emergency. But you're not going to make any money, and right now you're making far less than what the rate of inflation is. So maybe you might consider doing something um, such as uh, fixed annuities or indexed annuities. We talk about that a lot in the show. Uh, There are some other kinds of funds that you could be involved in. But you want to do something other than just keep it sitting there making nothing. And we're happy to show you many ways that you could could do that. no, I was just going to say um, I'm not a big fan any longer of the fixed annuities because you know they are just that. But the fixed index annuities, I think that uh, that's a very good uh, option for a lot of people. Uh, there's also a lot of people that we meet with who are either already retired, some of them long into their retirement, some of them who are just about to retire, who have all of their assets in the stock market and mutual funds, and uh, you know. I personally advise against that because nobody has a crystal ball. Nobody knows what the market's going to do. Uh, we saw, you know, back in 2003, uh, a, uh, a decline in the market and people lost a lot of money. And then again at the end of 2008, early 2009, where people were seeing, you know, huge losses, some 40, 50 percent, uh, some more. Uh, so. If, if all of your retirement assets are, are variable, essentially, in the market, uh, that's something that you should consider putting at least some into an area where you're not going to lose any of your principal and still have the, the uh, chance to have some very positive gains as well. Here's a few uh, unknown facts or little-known facts about Mr. Trump. Uh, he was born in 1946, so he's 70 years old. He's going to be the oldest person ever to assume the office of the presidency, which a lot of people don't realize. He was born in New York. Um, He was educated at the uh, Wharton School of Pennsylvania, and um, he received a a degree in economics, a bachelor's degree in economics from Wharton School. He's been a a major real estate developer, as people know. Um, He also began um, by inheriting some money and taking over the family real estate business which he made into a much larger business. And um, his heritage is that he's probably half German and half Scottish. Um, And um, he has um, a total of four siblings. He had a a brother who died from alcoholism. And therefore, um, according to Trump, um, he doesn't use alcohol or tobacco products. So that's kind of interesting. I think a lot of people don't realize that. But his name came from a a German name, uh, Drumpf, D-R-U-M-P-F, which later was changed over to Trump. And that's where the name came. Uh, He also went to the uh, New York Military Academy as sort of a prep school. But um, he began his career um, under Fred Trump's company, uh, his dad, which was called Elizabeth Trump and Son, and he focused primarily on rental housing for um, middle-income people in New York City. 
and then in 1971, so that's a long time ago, um, he was given control to take over the company, and he renamed it the Trump Organization. And then the rest is sort of history from there. And he's been very actively involved in hotels and casinos. Uh, some of the casinos have not been successful. Um, he has never filed personal bankruptcy, but he has filed uh, corporate bankruptcy a number of times. Um, and it came out this past week that he is not going to be uh, receiving the normal presidential salary. He's not going to accept that. I think that's about $400,000 a year. Um, that was something that came out this past week. There was also a, a video that I had seen a few weeks ago. This was back in the 80s where there was a major park in New York City that they were trying to renovate and get going, and um, they didn't have the funds to complete it. And uh, it was also behind uh, budget, behind the, the timeline that they expected it to get done. And he stepped in and said, I don't want... Um, any more money to complete this and I'm going to get it done in X amount of time and uh, he got a workforce in there and got it done and said this is what happens when you you know when you work instead of having um, all these delays and over expenditures uh, you can get things done on time and on budget or under budget. Um, Mr. Trump also has his own private foundation and when I come back I'm going to tell you when and how much money he gave to the Clinton Foundation um, in 2009. So we're going to come right back. We're going to give a few more pieces of information about Mr. Trump, and then we're going to talk about potential impacts of him being elected on the economy and what we might expect and what you might do going forward. So please stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Your favorite show on Sunday morning radio on WBSM 1420 AM. Thank you for listening. With the money wise guys. With the money wise guys. Nyuk, nyuk, nyuk. There was a commercial about that, so there wasn't. Remember the Budweiser commercial? Bud. Wiser. Bud. Wiser. Remember that, yes. Remember that commercial? It was the Super Bowl commercial. It was slower than that. It was Bud. <laughs> wise. Err. Well, that's what it was, all right. <laughs> so we could say money, wise, wise. guys. <laughs> Forgive us, ladies and gentlemen. It's no longer your favorite show, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we won't say that. Well, let me just uh, come back and just talk very quickly about the uh, Donald Trump Foundation, which was established in 1988. And uh, mostly it was established to give away proceeds from his book that he wrote, Trump, The Art of the Deal. And um, so he has given uh, money away, and the uh, founders of the World Wrestling Entertainment Program donated $5 million to the foundation um, after Trump appeared at WrestleMania. So that's one of the main financial supporters of the foundation. Little known fact, kind of funny, actually. <laughs> but um, what I find interesting is that in 2009, the foundation gave away uh, $926,000 to 40 separate groups. Some of the money went to, a lot of the foundations give to other foundations. So um, Mr. Trump's foundation gave away money to the Arnold Palmer Medical Center Foundation, New York Presbyterian Hospital, 125000 the Police Athletic League in New York, 156. And interestingly, in that year, they gave $100,000 to the Clinton Foundation. So 
despite all the stuff that went on during the election, um, just a little interesting sidelight that a lot of the foundations are intertwined in some ways, I guess. So let's talk about what to uh, expect in the first 100 days of the election. Um, first of all, we're going to ban all smoking in the country. No, we're not. <laughs> of marijuana? No, that's coming oh, back. Marijuana. Oh, the other stuff. <laughs> marijuana is coming back. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I'm not a user. Um, I, I tried it once, but I did not inhale. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. That was Bill Clinton that said that, wasn't it? <laughs> no politics today, Pete. <laughs> no, we are expecting to have certain things happening. Uh, there will be proposals to... Um, uh, have a constitutional amendment for term limits. That takes years and years and years to accomplish, but it's interesting. And the hiring freeze we've already uh, recommended. Now, some things are probably not practical to happen. Like one of the proposals is that for every new federal regulation um, that's proposed or passed, there has to be two existing regulations eliminated. But I wouldn't know how you'd possibly ever monitor that, impose that, and so forth. Um, but um, certainly bans on uh, lobbyists, longer-term bans on uh, politicians who can come out of office becoming lobbyists. I think that's probably a good move uh, long-range for the country. One of the reasons that we have the high drug prices that we have in this country for prescription drugs is very specifically because the number one dollar spent by lobbyists in Washington, D.C., is from the drug companies, and they pay contributions to virtually every single congressman and senator. I'm not going to get into discussion today about trade restrictions and trade withdrawals and eliminating you know, NAFTA and some of the other things. Those are going to take some time. The one thing I'd like to remind everybody about in terms of what may happen in Washington is this. Even though we have a slight Republican majority in the Senate, um, we have a requirement that for major f financing bills or anything that affects funding, it takes a 60-vote majority to pass something, anything that affects the budget, taxes, things of that nature. So there will s absolutely be a need to have both Republican and Democratic senators working together to pass these kinds of legislations. Yeah, and there's always been uh, a divide, obviously, between the uh, Democrats and Republicans, and that is one of the biggest things that I think most Americans are frustrated by. It doesn't matter uh, what side you're on. If if somebody you know has a good idea on the other side, it's almost like you, you can't vote for it just because they're on the other side, and I wish that there was some more unity uh, between the parties and, and trying to work towards... Uh, the common goal of, you know, making this country, uh, you know, great. And uh, that's that's been frustrating to me, and it seems like it's been more divisive, and everybody's just towing the party line uh, on both sides. And it seems more and more that way. It's mm -hmm. always been that way, but even more so in the past, you know, three or four presidencies. I think one of the things that we will see that will impact everybody listening today is uh, tax simplification and changes in the Internal Revenue uh, Tax Code. So there's a proposal, for example, called the Middle Class Tax Relief and Simplification Act. And it'll have to go through committees and hearings and so forth. But for the first time since we've had such gridlock in Congress over the last uh, eight years, we might see 
Congress finally coming together to do something to change the tax code. And the purpose of this would be to um, basically say that unless you make a certain amount of money, um, you're not going to pay taxes at all. And so if you're in the middle class family with two children, you might get a, a one-third tax cut, for example. I'm not going to get into specifics on this right now. But I do expect to see some tax relief coming. And it'll take time. It won't happen in the first 100 days. Proposals might be filed. But I think that eventually we will see some tax relief. And we'll probably see people who are making maybe less than $30,000 a year combined uh, paying no taxes, for example, no federal taxes. And obviously, if you are in that category, that's going to put more money in your pocket. And the theory is that then if you have more money in your pocket, you've got more money to spend. And over time, that will boost the economy and create more jobs. So that's the theory behind tax reform. Um, some of the same things will apply to um, offshore taxes. We have too many companies in this country right now who've moved their national headquarters to Ireland or other Ireland in particular, but a lot of other places. And that means they don't pay taxes necessarily in this country or at the level that they should. They keep the money overseas in foreign countries. I don't think that's right, and I think that's been much abused. So I expect to see some kind of um, reform in that area. And There's a, a company that used to be your favorite cookie, and because they moved their manufacturing of all of their cookies to Mexico, you decided not to eat them anymore. Isn't that correct? I'm trying real hard. <laughs> <laughs> We're referring. I've mentioned this a couple of times, and frankly, I don't care who's listening on this one. <laughs> uh, the Nabisco Company, which makes Oreos, which is one of my favorites, um, had produced most of their Oreos in the Chicago area, and Nabisco is now owned by a Mexican conglomerate, and they closed the Chicago Nabisco Oreo plant and laid off 600 employees to move the operation down to Mexico. So your Oreos are now being produced in Mexico. And all you have to do is look at pull a box of Oreos off the shelf or a bag of Oreos and look and see where it says the parent company. And you'll see, uh, I want to say Mandela's or something like that. It's a Mexican company that produces Oreos. Nabisco is owned by a Mexican conglomerate. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to have them own the company, but they should have left the jobs in this country, and I don't agree with that. I'm not sure if that would change under a Trump administration. Maybe we'll have Oreos in the White House. Who knows? Red, white, and blue Oreos. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? All right, so that's, that's my little <laughs> rant for the day. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> they come up with all these special edition Oreos with different colors. Yeah, and you can have blue on one side and red on the other side. <laughs> But that's just one example of hundreds upon hundreds of companies, obviously, that everyone's aware of who have moved either their headquarters uh, to a different country or have been bought out by another country or have moved all their jobs in manufacturing or call centers to other countries. So, But explaining why is very important. Yes. Why did they move out in the first place? Mm -hmm. 
and obviously to increase their profit margin and because they were paying too much here yep yep better tax benefits to them uh less money to pay the workers to manufacture and so on and so forth and that's what we need to do is to uh, make it uh, enticing for businesses to want to stay or come back to america well part of that relates to having more emphasis on vocational education which is very important um I've often thought that the ideal education for a young person would be to go to vocational school and learn a trade, you know, carpentry, plumbing, electricity, whatever it happens to be, and then go on to college from there if you want to. Um, Now you've got a college degree if you want to do a uh, college-educated job, but you've also got a vocation that you can fall back on if you need to. Or go into the service. They could teach you lots and then go into college and get some government help. Right. Did you learn anything in the service, Pete? I learned a lot of um, new swear words. and uh, No, no, I did learn a lot in the military, um, especially with regards to discipline and um, integrity and, you know, a lot of those type of things that you can't, you know, learn in a book. You learn to be clean. You learn to take care of yourself. You learn to follow instructions. Discipline. Discipline. Respect. Loyalty. (laughs) Pride of country. You learn all those things. Now, as you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, from listening to the show, there's two things that I've talked about fairly frequently. One is we ought to have term limits, and secondly, we ought to have universal service in this country. Everybody graduating from high school should give at least one year to their country before they go on to college, before they do other kinds of things. And it can be in the military service. It can be in community service. Mm -hmm. You can work in a hospital for a year, but do something for your country. And by the way, you get paid during that time as well. And by the way, we could wrap that into a program that would provide for college funding. So, yep, you spend a year in the military, then you're going to get, you know, a year's free college or two years free college or something like that. That would work. Now, you said you've talked about two main things, uh, you know, over the four or five years of the radio show, but I think it's really three because you uh, talk about Ben Franklin in almost every show, at least have one of his quotes in almost every show. Sure. A penny (laughs) saved is a penny earned. That's one of his quotes. He also said, early to bed, early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. That was from Ben Franklin. Did you know that, Pete? I'm sorry, folks. I really am. (laughs) We almost had a Ben Franklin free show. Here's a quotation from Donald Trump. My whole life is about winning. I don't lose often. I almost never lose. And again, this is not to pay homage to Donald Trump, but we've got probably 100 pages of quotations of Donald Trump. He's a very quotable person, right? Yes? Yes. He, always, he also wrote, it is always good to be underestimated. I guess that's true, isn't it? <laughs> I have told, I think, three people who I voted for, and that just stays, you know, basically between me and them. And I think that I, I, I keep my politics and my religion to myself, and I learned that uh, when I went to a Boston bartender school back gosh, 20-something years ago, Mm. Uh, one of the first things they said is, when you're behind the bar, do not talk politics, do not talk religion, because you're going to offend and upset someone. Right. (laughs) The same thing is true when you're dealing with your spouse. 
let's see, you don't talk about politics. Um, you don't talk about the budget. You don't talk about finances. You don't talk about how to raise the kids. Um, you what? don't talk about how to decorate the house. You don't talk about sex. You don't talk about uh, what kind of car. You, what else do we not talk about? I don't know where you're going with this, but if you're, if my mother is listening, you might be in trouble. <laughs> oh, I'm just, uh, I'm just pulling somebody's leg. But anyway, um, one of the things that um, Mr. Trump has said is during his first hundred days of office, he plans to cancel all executive orders issued by President Obama. I guess that could be done. I haven't really looked at that. But. This is actually a quote that I really like from him that I wish I knew when it was. Um, here's a, as always, we have a ton of paper that we have printed out um, to prepare for this show. Uh, this is from November 2016, Donald Trump's 16 most memorable quotes about money all time. I have made the tough decisions, always with an eye toward the bottom line. Perhaps it's time America was run like a business. Hmm. And Mark Twain said, we have the best government that money can buy. So we're talking about politics from the past, not talking about politics from the present. But we can certainly expect to see change, can't we, ladies and gentlemen? And right now, the stock market has been volatile. We don't know whether it's going to continue to go up, whether it's going to go down. Um... If you have money invested in mutual funds and stocks and bonds and so forth, you need to pay very close attention to what the Federal Reserve is going to do, number one, and what our new president and our Congress is going to do, number two. It will have an impact on you. And so our very most basic advice has always been to get more conservative. As you are getting closer to retirement or you're planning to retire in 10 years or 15 years or you're actually in retirement the one thing you don't have is time. You don't have time to recoup investments. You don't have time if you lose money in mutual funds or the stock market to recover necessarily. So get more conservative. That's our consistent advice that we give, and we can show you a lot of ways that you can do that. I did a, uh, a seminar this past week, and that's one of the things that I brought up in the seminar is that I love Las Vegas but I don't like to gamble. I've never been a gambler. I'll buy a scratch ticket maybe three or four times a year, play the uh, lottery. I can't even think of the name of it, mega, mega bucks, mega millions, whatever, maybe a handful of times a year. I just don't like to lose money. So the first time I was in Vegas, I was on a 24-hour leave with the Marine Corps. We were doing some training over at 29 Palms, um, which is a huge desert military base. There's like five palm trees in the entire base, so I don't know why they call it 29 palms. But anyways, I, I was on the leave in Vegas, and I put a quarter in the slot machine, and I lost. But I said, I gambled in Vegas, and, you know, that was enough excitement for me. So, and I've got that sort of mindset when it comes to my own um, savings, my own investments, and, and that's a lot of what I try to incorporate with my clients. Now, ultimately, it's up to them, but I just like to make sure that they don't lose money, or if they do, they don't lose much at all. So that's what you, that's what you said when you went to Vegas, huh? Yeah. What, well, I, what I said was, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, the, I'm a firm believer in that because we're walking uh, through the uh, casino going to a, uh, a horse show inside, you know, with the knights and everybody. Yeah, yeah. Alex was with me. He's maybe eight years old. And I'm walking along, and all of a sudden I hear ding, 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 and he's standing by the machine. This little bugger 
put in whatever it was wanted. <laughs> <laughs> my heart drops. I'm looking around. I said, oh, my God. This kid hit a jackpot. He played the smart machine. So... Which and, is illegal. And Phil still takes him to Atlantic City once a year. <laughs> you had to go. The there. youngest winner. I, I had to say, "Don't say a word." Pretend like it's my money. Oh my god. Oh, that's funny. No, it's an interesting place. Well, um, we're going to look very carefully, and we'll be talking from time to time about. New proposals and new measures and new taxes. But the bottom line of all this is that the old rules are still going to apply when in terms of taking care of your family and taking care of your money. And um, those are our most important goals is protecting your family. And the only way to protect your family is to get good professional advice. And don't put it off. People tend to procrastinate. Uh, we see a lot of people every year that are getting ready to go on a trip or they're ready, getting ready to go to Florida for a few months or whatever it happens to be, and they'll decide at the very last minute, oh, gee, what if I, something happens to me? I need to protect myself. And uh, there's always something you can do. We've, we've mentioned so many times, don't leave your money in a 401K account when you retire. If you're still working and you're 59 and a half and you have a 401K, and you're concerned about it. You're concerned about the fact that it's mostly in stocks or bonds and you don't know what the market's going to do. If you're 59 and a half, almost everybody can take the money out of your 401k account, even if you're still working, and roll it into an IRA. In-service transfer. Yep, it's called an in-service transfer. And we do a lot of that. We've done that with many, many people over the years. So don't think that you have to wait until you actually retire in part company with the company you're working for. There was somebody I talked with the other day, and he said that uh, he lost, and I won't say the amount, but he lost an enormous amount of money back in 2003. And it took a while, and he has always been very aggressively invested in the stock market and uh, lost money again in 2008. And he sort of uh, made up for those two losses now, but, you know, this is eight years later, and he's thinking about retiring in the next 10 or 15 years, and he's still heavily invested in the stock market. And I'm thinking, oh, do, do an in-service transfer with at least some of those funds into something that's going to, you know, you're not going to lose any of your principal. And you can still see some decent returns. Be safer. Yeah. And, and, and not have to go through another major loss, potentially. So, By the way, visit our website, usawealthgroup.com. We've got some useful information there for you. Or give us a call at 508-998-8858. We're happy to share information with you. We're happy to sit down and spend an hour with you uh, with no cost. And uh, get some advice. Get some recommendations. Even if you're working with somebody else, bring your statements in. We're happy to review statements and see how you're doing. Uh, We like to do that with our clients. Um, There's only a few minutes left, so just to sort of recap and reiterate... Nobody knows what's going to happen with the economy. Nobody knows what's going to happen with the Trump presidency. Um, I'm hopeful that uh, he will uh, prove the uh, the doubters wrong and, and make you know some positive changes in this country. I think that there's, a, a, of course, a lot of divide in our country right now, and we need to all become 
strong together as patriots, as Americans, and, you know, basically just come together, and that's the message. But uh, we don't know what the economy is going to do, but the more of a plan that you have in place, the better off you will be. Plan, do something, don't lose the money, and uh, we're happy to sit down with you and talk about how we can do that. One thing I would like to end with myself is... uh, I want to wish everybody a uh, happy Thanksgiving uh, coming up very soon. Um, And I'm very thankful and grateful for my three wonderful, healthy children, my beautiful wife, and the family that I have that surrounds me. I'm very lucky to have the parents that I do and the in-laws that I do. Uh, So that's what I'm thankful for. That's what I'm grateful for. Parent. (laughs) I like that word. I like that. So here's another quotation from Donald Trump that I'm going to leave you with. If you're going to be thinking, you may as well think big. Wrong. Wrong? Where'd you get that? Donald Trump. Big league. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. (laughs) Well, we have a new president-elect in this country. Uh, Don't be concerned. There will be some things that may happen if we have a unified Congress that will be useful to you all going forward. We hope to have some tax relief in some form. And just a last reminder, (coughs) pardon me, you can always do something to improve your position. Absolutely. So if you are thinking, you may as well be thinking big. Right, absolutely. Big. (laughs) Big league, all right, big league. Absolutely, big league. I think I've lost my voice today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But thank you. That was pretty ironic. <laughs> no, as long as you're thinking, you might be thinking, big. <laughs> no, I, I just choked on that one. I needed some water. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for making fun of me. I love it. And I'm thankful Wrong. for Phil's laughs. <laughs> and um, please uh, continue to listen to our show. We're, we're here to serve you and give you information. You bet. Have a great week, ladies and gentlemen.